0: That's ChumbaCasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. BTW Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
0: TalkShoe. Recorded live. Okay, so all three schools
1: are now recording. TalkShoe is one that we're piloting so that you all can use this as a podcast. We want to reference it. So now I'm going to turn it over to Steve and Kevin now
0: that we are officially recording. Thank you. So, um, anybody have any questions that they came up with? Okay. So, um, I'm a little bit under the weather, can't tell my voice is a little going in and out,
1: uh, but we will, uh, get through this nonetheless. Kevin's, Kevin's starting up to show you the, uh, the application where we're going to walk through all the mini-items and all the functionality and show you all the good stuff. After that, I have some uh, additional websites and tools that I'll point out to you guys. And uh, then we'll give you some additional information to enable you guys to do the hands-on session. Um, we will walk through the app as long as you guys want us to, right? So, that could take until lunch, it could take the whole day. Um, the good part is the hands-on can be done tomorrow, the evening, or whenever. So, I think uh, showing you the an application and answering all your questions
0: is really a part for the next step. Is that okay with everybody? Sure. Yeah. Um it, I guess it doesn't matter, but I hope everyone got it. an empty environment
1: so they can uh they can do the hands on experiment or the hands-on experiment, sorry, the hands-on training. If you didn't get in time, you can always do it the, the hands-on training at a later time. That's that's a good part. It's uh it's not kind of time sensitive as long as you
0: have an environment and keep all the uh, information we're going to share with you. I don't think we went over any q little architectural diagrams
1: for the hardware and how we position the servers, back if we're two or three tier and all that good stuff. Um, not really that important from the application standpoint, but um, the, the interface of the application is built right into the web browser. So we don't have to any software to customer in any way, shape, or form. on the web browser, URL. the uh, yeah, app, we're ready to go. And when you do that, you basically get a screen
0: just like this that's great easier. customer logs into the application, there's a licensing model that's been applied at their
1: site or on our hosted for that, and they can have access to one application through the application or, uh, three or four or five or whatever. Um, by clicking it, you go into the main application, you've got some user information when you logged in, you can log back out,
0: it's the help screen from here. password.
1: Um, you can set up to have different announcements linked down here so they can kind of customize the page for important things for
0: that. I not to go too far into that. We'll kind of duck back and, in, back and forth just to kind of show you how the, the,
1: there's a similar look at field control. Um, what you may notice is when you're in the office, everything is very responsive very quick you go on the VPN where there's a lot less bandwidth, the initial time you kind of open a page or something, it might be a little slow depending on what kind of data we're trying to bring back to that page. It, it's still pretty responsive and pretty good. Uh, I'm kind of a test candidate for that because I'm in California on VPN. If something runs slow, I'm the first one to go, hey, it's important to run. So this is the main arrangement of everything is we have tabs at the top to arrange it very high level what's going on. Start with data, a couple of reports, company the system, come to utilities. These are kind of arranged in the order that you will use the most, being the left, the most used kind of tab items, the right being the least used items. that would be my right and left,
0: not your right and
1: left. If I want to go back to the home page, that little help pop to take me back to the other app. Just to give you an idea, I think you guys have already started reporting Feta to some degree. You'll see that the tab structure is very similar in the utility system report data tab. is nearly identical. And then Feta has a couple other tabs between the workflow when they're actually doing the provision calculations. And the calculation calculations So provision So Those will be a little bit different between each application, but kind of the core of data
0: reports is the utility results. One thing from a well, the first thing you'll notice is the upper left corner for you. These are kind of these are your settings. Okay.
1: okay. So you can pick entity, ledger, period, obligation. Um, these have a lot of impact on screens when you're inside of that. So they provide context. What entity of data do I want to be working with by default? What period of data do I want to be working with by default? Inside of tax performance engine, that's a lot less. Easy. So even though you can come here and set these, most discrete, tax performance does have Because we expect you to be working across different states, we expect you to be working multiple entities. We haven't chosen a lot of these filters. As new features get added, they become more applicable to that. You'll probably see that. So a lot of carryover. You'll notice by default, they kind of give you the of the most high priority items that you want to change. Then, if you click the more button, you get more. Um, really, inside of the tax performance, the thing that drives the most is probably As we talked about birdie yesterday, you go to open a rule, this has the data to, see, to show you the definition of the rule as of that day. So, if you wanted to look at last year and how the rule was, you would set this back here. So you would get that birdie normally when you come in this will be set to the day of the date you're
0: working on. by default you can change this or Gulf Also, currency
1: rounding how many decimal places you want to see in the screen um, which languages we talked about we only have one choice. But in the future, there could be both cool choices. One, which is on the, screen. Uh, the data set that we're working with, product ships with two, base and provision. We kind of talked about data set yesterday. It's really you to do your scenario, your budget plan, do your typical data set. of uh, This will be base and provision data set. You might also have, like, a budgeting data set and a forecast.
0: And you would compare the base, budget, and forecast to do where you want. We really discussed version set yesterday.
1: <laughs> <laughs> version set was another concept around versioning that's going to be used very specific around tax and naming forms. I don't think we really truly got into it, or we found as we were doing it, it didn't become wonderfully well designed. So at this point we're not really taking any advantage of it. There's some background infrastructure to do something with it, but I just let that go. Um, once you set and change anything in here you're going to want to hit reload and it will save your change. So last
0: Utilities are the or under the utilities as the things that you're going to use really the least frequently.
1: Uh, from a support perspective, you may use them slightly more than a difficult part user. Um, the first thing is the settings. Kind of talked about the settings yesterday, and that all the settings in the system respond to a higher So by default, things can be stored at the vertex enterprise level. And that affects all the apps. Same setting. One of the settings is probably going to want to know about. Really, 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 really. Well, the number of rows. What? Okay? Mm-hmm. So let's say you have a thousand account members. If this is 7,500, it will bring back the first 500 of those members. And you'll wonder where your other 500 are. So when we first started testing the product and had an account member to mention list that had I items on it, I kept wondering where my had items went. And this is why. Do so you want to set this to some level that's reasonable, you know, for whatever your particular need
0: might be. Okay.
1: And, again, you know, maybe at the enterprise level, we could leave it at 500, and that would be fine for most users. But we, because we are in the <laughs> tax performance engine, which still doesn't have a great data warehouse, name. You can also set it just for that specific product. So maybe when you're in, you know, battle, you want to pay 500 but you're in the tax performance that you want to bring back $1,000 instead. Or you can set it by user. And again... of those things before you saw setups and you saw uh, workflow tabs, okay? Within those tabs, you define a lot of the parameters of how you want those tools to work. You know, what data is the data am i with? Which entities do I want to touch? Which obligations am I going to go out and calculate tax rate for? of course, tax dollars? Stuff? Um, inside of the tax performance, we don't really have that. We're more interested about moving data around. And we know that some of our data processes are going to be backwards from the above. Sometimes we're going to start by loading interface tables. Sometimes we're going to start by loading stages. Sometimes we're going to want to do updates to the data. Sometimes we just want to break it straight through. Uh, So we needed a lot more variability and flexibility. Because of that, there isn't a nice workflow wrapper around it. And we weren't able to save some of the parameters that we knew were going to be on this rule. Like this rule needs to look at this entity, but this other rule actually needs to look completely different at And that didn't really fit in a workflow wrapper for for the way that um, but we didn't have a saveable rule paradigm. We basically said, this is the rule, and then during that, you can go get the parameters you need to run it over here. You couldn't do that at the tax point. So we, said, we need a saveable definition. So when the client goes from March to April, that they can just pick up the rule and rerun it for April data as it was March. So we came up with this cute little point phrase called saveable metadata base rule for f Saveable metadata base rule. And then A, the rule definition could be saved, and you could bring it back up and reuse it. And then metadata meds could be saved. You the parameters that are needed for that rule, so they'd be reused. Or potentially, they could use your settings for something else, right? So if you come in here, and as we showed before, you know, we're
0: working with whatever data we're well, we're working with data sets, right?
1: Let's say so we've got everything in the base data set. That's where we're always in our stuff. We want to make sure that this is set to base, and we can say every time you go rule, run the rule, go grab this setting value, and that's that's the data you're going to work with. You're going to use base as a filter, and you're not going to touch the other data that's labeled with provision as the data set. That's when we, when we say metadata base, that's kind of what's happening. Is that, does that ring? Is that wrong? is that okay? We'll see okay. some rules, too.
0: That'll
1: help. So that's settings. There's different settings for processing for periods
0: for archiving data different processes. There's quite a few
1: parameters that affect load performance. There's some internal documents, uh, what those, how to set those best recommendations and our capabilities are still changing from release to release. So in 6.0, they will um, hopefully be simplified, but they will be changed from 5.0. So um, if you
0: want to get the latest update, update internal about development at that point. Uh, next up tab is Log. This used to be super, super critical because this is the only
1: place to go look up what errors are going on. Right? Uh, we've moved a lot of that now. to many of the rules There's some extra tabs that we'll get the, the, the diagnostic, which basically takes the log permission to bring this back to the rule back because this log permission is literally a dump of everything that's run every single time at the last time standard is speed, right? Well, so, Typically, we would go to the standard outlog, and I'll just give you an idea. This is kind of what this thing looks like. And it's very user-friendly and readable, okay, as you can see. So, we said that wasn't really that helpful. For so really well, this one is just showing some warning log information can see happening. But, um, you know, we can see up here we flattened the hierarchy. So this location actually is a central location for all logs in the system. So security logs, who's, who's logged in, the standard out from the for Java, all the different pieces, including any additional technologies we start uh, adding in, will be here. The diagnostics tab Kevin was talking about on the rule side is really information about the rule, that singular rule that you ran. So, if you're debugging, why did this rule not work for somebody, you have multiple locations. If you're looking at why the system didn't come up, why it crashed, I've got a security question that came up. You need to look from multiple logs over here. Some of these logs, we cannot change the format because we're using native underlying, underlying technology to provide them, some of them we do have control. So you will see the format of the different logs are different. Um, it's this is, this is sort of the way it is. The ones we can't control, we have made changes over time. To the ones we can't, we're stuck with. Um, they're not the, they're not the greatest to, to use. Luckily, everything has a timestamp, as you know. You know, supporting anybody is okay. When did you run this? All the all the timestamps are the server time, not the client time. Now our screens, when you look at stuff, well, most of the time we still have a couple of bugs. will auto translate the server time to the local time of the browser. So when you're looking at when the browser is looking at um, on rule screens and diagnostics and stuff, you'll see local time. But when you go look at the logs, because we're just displaying them, we're not reprocessing them, you will see the server time. So you can get a little confused. I have done I have more than one. And sometimes the server time will get messed up. And then that has to be fixed. So it's really nothing new. Unfortunately, B E has a lot more moving components than some of our, our, our legacy products, so it gets a little more complex. So just be just need to be careful what you're looking for and don't make those honey.
0: And you'll have less headaches. Those so things
1: really go back to the where you a lot of violence. Hopefully, this information, not necessarily everything. Of our best time. And and development will ask you to acquire the log Right? This is
0: this is the, one of, of the areas where you'll need to get the information to pass it through as far as the figure can go. Licenses. Um,
1: probably won't come into too many instances. <clears throat> this is where we apply the license file on the first person where they get the light like, key to get them access to either data uh, or the tax performance for. Okay. So when you install when they, when you install V E, you don't have access to any functionality other than applying the license, which is actually on the previous the, the logging The licenses are set up so that we then turn on what they bought. That can in the future, in both connectors and licenses are set up so, however, parts wants to bundle things, we can set up the licensing and turn things on and off. License, the licenses have changed as we've decided how we want to bundle things. So, that will change over time. The goal is to get one product in and then cross sell the rest of the product. So they will need, hopefully, we want them to, to add as license fees over time. So if they have license the first product, <coughs> if they got a new product, or <coughs> they license another product, they go there and enter the license. Yeah. So they'll be it's given, given that. a license fee because they'll file. Oh, okay. Uh, diagnostics. So we started to implement some diagnostics to help certain Uh I think that a lot of this was driven by Deutsche Bank and the issues they were having during, during production. So they're around DB latency, UI latency, DB validation. It's the first tab that we've seen. They kind of have sub- more sub tabs below it. You'll see that and a lot of other items. So these are the the diagnostics as I said, if you run them during production, they will impact production. Yeah. Um, the first two have a couple of inputs. Um, specifically, we've come up with some some methods uh, to communicate back and forth and tie in time to check latency issues. Um, this is really imp- latency, or is really all around is there any issues or is it really slow between you and the server or you and the database, Right? The network issue. If, if the client is installed uh, locally, then it's, there are network issues. If it's hosted, it, it can be some place on the internet, it could be a firewall, it could be different settings. it could be how big of a type they have. Um, the interesting part, though, is everybody points fingers. sorry, this is reality so we've added these tests to help us um, identify where potential issues are so that it's not just you know people arguing over the phone so we get productive to help them or help us figure out how to optimize the system and it's not like we might not be pointing fingers as well as we our first provider saying hey we have a big lag time. Update um, or not, if the screens aren't refreshed. White, not too white. Like, you know, not database information. lab Right, so this test might help us another time. So, does that latency test what? What pieces of the system does the latency test analyze? Well, we have two. Oh, um, um, there, right there, right. I mean, if I bring up the details screen, oh, no, we have there they kind of, a, there's a little documentation on each of those, mostly a little bit about what it's doing. Um, there is more in the admin guide that's being completed for this week. So this is a really slow app.
0: Oh, I was going to say, I brought it up before,
1: but I, like... You yeah. I mean I did all that and nobody saw it because it never came up? Yeah. yeah. Okay. so came so, up. Um, one's for the database. Um, I believe it's from the server to the database. The yeah. Application yeah. server yeah. to the database.
0: What's that one? Of the EY list. So the second one
1: is from the application server to the to your pieces. That's really
0: all the communication paths that we have. And
1: if that all checks out, it's the
0: latency do we maybe look at data
1: volume of data the queries being done. We do a profile of uh, everything on the database, anything like that. There's a ton of things. Yeah. There's all It all depends. Um, Right now, I think the best bet is probably at that point to get development call. Yeah. At, at that point, we'd probably be halfway. It depends yeah. on the release, known issues, the way it was implemented. It's
0: configuration.
1: It, yeah, and Then it's 500 questions to, to figure out what to do. Right. Um, so this may be one of the first steps. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I think we need to have yeah. on the team and go run these two tasks, right. get the results, and back. Right, right, right. Right. And, and sorry, well, a, and you're doing something with the customer, right, or something for the customer. Okay, we're not totally sure. There's a lot. of people gonna start by running tests, get a word more diagnosis. We've got you know feedback that they are getting. Uh, and if you'll notice the wording on the screen, we've been very careful how we worded this. Right? Processing time and latency time is written to a server log file which can communicate the perfect support determine if your environment should be further investigated for latency problems. Right? This is all, you know, whenever there's issues, you know, it's, you know we need to be politically correct about handling it. So we've been very careful on this wording so that you know, these people will play with the menus of stuff. Right? Right, right, right? So we've right. done this and we've tried to be as good as possible so they don't run it themselves. Um, do you agree with the third one? <clears throat> yeah. So the third one is diagnostics for all the, the metadata and the data you got it, I think you got a flavor yesterday since you have you know, close to a half a million rows of seeded data for metadata if that metadata gets messed up, things just won't work right. Bizarre things will work. We're not. We haven't written our software to be kind if the required metadata is jumbled up. Okay. People have been known to go under the hood. We have been known to have bugs in our software. Oops, sorry, I say that? No, it's recorded.
0: Um, So, we've created the capability to run
1: to all of the validation that we also run programmatically under the hood at times. Okay. So to keep point, I didn't mention it yesterday, but when you create a user defined dimension or a user defined back table, it creates a lot of metadata. Right? You're creating a lot of objects. You know, all this metadata has to be created created so that it works all the new dimension the new back table works every place in the system where all the seated members work. As we do that to make sure that there's no problems on the back end, you run out of space, something doesn't work right, we run validation to make sure the application put everything correctly and everything matches up. Now those validations are very specific to what we did. So we've created uh, a similar wrapper at a higher level to check metadata for all dimensions, for all tables, for the whole system. drop um, down. This is where those validations run. Okay, so you, you see all validations at the top. You see dimension
0: validations, rule validations, and system validations. Okay. What we've done, or what I've recommended
1: in the past, if you think someone may have had a hardware issue, something went wrong with the database, someone may have been messing around under the hood, had a power outage, et cetera, et cetera. If you run these validations, it will tell you if there's a metadata problem. At that point, you don't need to look any further. About a then you have to get development involved. You either have to restore from a backup before they, the system got corrupted, but we have to figure out how to fix the metadata. Now, I will tell you that the, especially the all from the system validations, it can take quite a long time to run. It will impact production. It's not to be trivially run. The latency shouldn't affect as much, but this will even when you're doing it for a single dimension or a single fact table, when you run through the process, you will see that it's not like that. It's a minute or two. This stuff can run 20 minutes, 25. The bigger their system, the larger it is, the
0: longer it's been in production, the longer this will take to run. The fourth configuration. Now, the good thing. The good part is the the
1: we control the error logs. You may not understand it, but the database group of development is really easy to look at and go, oh okay, that's the problem. We've been running these internally since release two, and we've got them in the application for the last two releases. So I you know hopefully this will save you guys a lot of headaches. So, and feel free if other one-off diagnostics get created um, organically over time to make recommendations to put it in the product. Right. You guys will be—you'll see them first, and it may not reach the product owners and other people to get it added in as a as a menu item. So feel free to. Uh, log those requests as things come up. What I would even say too is you know you're going to be on the front line to act like first go the customers. some of that log file and error messaging may not be descriptive. And if we find that very specifically anomalous, I should say. And we should make it more specific, I'd love to hear that feedback to get it And I'm sure that
0: certain
1: people want to get it. I haven't anything that. Oh, a recording somewhere else. So, we're I'm not going to run them for you to see the output. Feel free, after you've done your hands on training, your own environment is not impacted by anybody else. Feel free to play. Right? Look at it and get used to it. Um, we're not providing you an instance that will generate errors, hopefully, uh, intentionally. <laughs> but at least you'll see, you'll, 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 you'll at least you can see the examples of when well, there's no issues what
0: should, what you, what you should expect. Okay. Yep.
1: Yeah. Excellent. one. Yep. Let's As you open windows, they do not close themselves, so it's very easy to stack them up. Wonderful little click in the back, and more vulnerable cascades to apply so we'll all your systems here. Uh, you know, everyone kind of uses their PC as their own playground. My wife will open 40 applications all at the same time and have six chat windows open. I open things, close things, close things, closed, things. More and more old school and used to running out of memory and have things so slow like I did the modern feel a lot better at. So if you ever kind of lose track of where you are, you can hit this cascade button and go back down bring your last your, whichever window you had highlighted back up so it's like, you can bring up forty windows of the same thing yeah that' okay. So okay. that's the other thing too so if I click the log file click the log file click the log file the so you will see this the log file you might think, wow, why would anyone want to do that? <laughs> For the log file, you wouldn't. But if you're in the dimension manager and you're working with entities, account source systems, and you want those screens up, and you're looking at different things and adding it went to different places, it would be very convenient to have several of those open with a different context to it, looking at different things.
0: Or if you're in reports
1: and running multiple reports No, it opens a press window, and the only thing that you could potentially change in there is until so you go to the search for change, what you want to look at would be if you had made a change in your settings um, Actually, uh, You can't make it at the top. If you make a change in the context, some of you can go in your context and pull that up, right? And actually, we should probably show that, like you. So when you back up on what we talk about. When you're using their context up here, you actually come in here and make a change on different
0: than what you're actually working on. This will tell you that the context of this window is different than the general context by highlighting the quality. So there may be an occasion
1: where a customer is working on this one information. And they want to look at last month's information in a different window. And then change in context was put in place to make sure that you know that what you're looking here in the upper left of your screen is not what's in this window. You change what you're trying to look at here. It really is a lot more applicable, again, in tax accounting applications. So when you're looking at different periods of time, that really highlights what you immediately know. It's very obvious. to what you had any impact on performance they have. I would imagine there's meaning just open fifty windows. And windows and out yeah I was an effect of PC it's really the same thing. So yeah, probably I don't think we can test that well, okay. again I again anticipate I guess run it slow and then you open at somebody. So yeah, you might want to add a little memory to your front so you seat. You just a couple, please. Oh, just a possibility. The good part is when you log out and log in to the application, you start charging it. not say it. All right, so I hit the help button. <laughs> the a big question mark. And what it does is it pops up a almost unreadable report. The use of time. So, what this does is we log in the database and all the various components that have been assembled together in particular to work together, right? For every release, we put out, these are the versions of different, versions of the database, the application server, the supporting engine, that we blast and say will all work together, including which browser work with the output. So, yeah, you do. You do. got it out for me. It's not just Well, it's not. It's, well, okay, where is that? This is why. This is live. Yeah, no, this is coming from their database Is been built, right? We also have a blessed list of things that should work together. Yes. So you should be able to take that blessed list. I know. What kind of type? Or a spouse. <laughs> <laughs> This will tell you what your working life is. And you can go compare this, you've with and if something is off track, and that makes much more problem. And now I'll let these fillers more educated people. I said earlier, development's going to want the lot. they're going to want this too. Okay. The client may say it's this, that, or whatever. This actually interrogates their system on everything we can interrogate. Then it reads stuff from our database, and there's a lot of stuff here. If you scroll, scroll through it, this gives us a pretty good snapshot of their PC, the server, and all the pieces. So, um, you know, plants, you know, if it's on site or even if it's hosted, did they apply the latest patch? Did they have a security patch? Did they do this? All the license information here, where are all the libraries? all the libraries, I and mean, it. Know. Right now, the numbers match. They won't always match going forward. Um, we're set up so that we can have multiple whistles um, and, and makes it match the way we can. As we add technology, this will be even more important so that we know what we're looking at to try to figure it out. Um, this can take some time to pop up. Um, we support multiple browsers. Um, for some reason... The speed of this can be browser specific doesn't really matter. It doesn't affect their system. It you know, it's just interrogating
0: coming back to the PC where you click, um, yeah, but yeah, the certified
1: or tested combinations um, on an internal document in our internal SDM system, they're not in a nice Website that um, I would, you know, recommend you guys ask for some of that to be more easily accessible to everybody, but uh, we can definitely tell tell you where all the pieces are. It's just not as uh, user friendly as make things. We do um, uh, retire for certain tech, uh, tech stats and releases over time.
0: Um,
1: generally we have a bridge release where we support an old release and a new release to get clients and online posting teams clients to migrate people because changing the tech stack is costly because it impacts you get that scheduled maintenance downtime to do upgrade. So mm-hmm. you know um, For 5.0, we support two different versions of of Oracle, and for 6.0, we only support one. Uh, Same thing for browsers the other things. Quite a few things like browsers, um, Flash, and other things that are automatically upgraded nowadays, you don't have a choice. We basically test with the latest version that we have at the time that we're testing. We basically say that we support the currently shipping version. So you'll see numbers, and then you'll see um, you know, and what's currently you know supported at this time or this or this time basis? Is this a moving target? Because nowadays, for security and other reasons, you know, browsers and other things are patchable. So we've created wording and internally set expectations. So that's really shouldn't be an issue if you if they're on a you know the latest and greatest browser, it shouldn't be a problem. So don't. You know, for browsers and Flash and a few other things, don't be too worried if they're on a later version. Um, you know, more of the tech stack, KDM, other things, is a little more more of an issue. Um, you know, you can always ask. Um, there's always security patches for those. So he basically said that depending on the technology or the product, we support, you know, X.XX, or you know four dot five one dot x x x and we don't care about that, x because those are the security or the minor patches that you know we're not going to keep track of we can't test for
0: that for that So that's all in the internal dot. Any questions on the phone? Since we pretty much got through
1: this the system yeah. so tab. Sorry. If they upgrade their JVM beyond what you guys test on, and it breaks. What is the remediation for that? What is the, how would we get them back to what was you know supported? Go open your door to Tardis. He says it's not blocked. I, it I would I would guess it's on a case by case basis. Depends on the situation, of the client, where we are in the next development process, the next release. Um, I can see that being a problem? Um, we hopefully we're hosting most we're hosting most uh, clients. To be honest, we haven't had that issue. Um, we've been able to make it pretty clear to our clients that if you change the text that, you're just gonna hurt yourself. And they've always contacted us first. Um but we could always have a real client and then you know, we'll just have to address it when it happens. I would to say you just need to escalate it up the, right. the the account side, the development side to figure out what happens. Right. And, uh, anyway, have that happen. No. Well, we're we're hosting all three customers, now, this should never be an issue. We shouldn't be installing things that are outside of our own recommendations. So I would hope we don't do that. Right? And so far, we haven't. So, okay, I don't anticipate that's changed. Um, but, you know, if we do have customers that have it in houses, it's going to be a, well, a lot more useful than to do Just
0: put the host Anything else? All right,
1: so after we get through setting up the system, which is the absolutely easiest thing magical to do for tech enterprise, we then move to the system tab. This is kind of where you begin to build out a lot of the things that are needed as background information for you. Kind of do a a, a brief high-level overview. I'll kind of talk about each tab briefly, and we'll kind of dig into them after a break so they can copy about five minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, security tab. Kind of talked about security yesterday. Then enterprise level security system. We have certain settings for security. We have roles and we have okay? uh, dimensions. Dimensions, hierarchies, maps. All follow a very similar paradigm right now, which will hopefully be switched in the future. And you go in and you say, "We're going to create this dimension." And then you can go in and add numbers. It's not kind of a wizard process where you can work through it. Similar to a hierarchy, you have to go in and kind of create the skeleton of the hierarchy and say, this is the type of hierarchy I want. I want a constrained hierarchy or I want an unconstrained hierarchy. And then you go to the other tab and say, now I'm going to go fill in all the relationships to the hierarchy, okay? Not, Not the smoothest user experience, but because they all work the same, at least it's a pattern we follow, all right? Similar to maps, map. We go in and create the map, and then you're going to go in with the map. So, when you do the hands-on training, you can create a new hierarchy in Excel as... Sorry. You can create the structure and relationship of a new hierarchy in Excel out You cannot create a new hierarchy. You actually have to go to the hierarchy definition screen create the hierarchy name and description, right? The rule and the rule version in the system, get the display code, use that display code in the definition of the Excel add-in, then you can load the structure. We have a challenge of chicken and egg. We decided to not to enable the Excel add-in to deal with all the logic and the and pulled and the data integrity, to create the entity, right? Create the object that's the hierarchy. So you'll see in the instruction, you will have to go to the hierarchy screen and create a whole bunch of definitions. There's like 13 of them. And if you don't get the names perfectly correct, you go to the Excel admin to load it up. They won't load, right? The display names have to match. Otherwise, it's, oh, this one doesn't exist case-sensitive Case sensitive spaces, all that good stuff. You will run into the normal challenges you've had with data in the past. Some clients put the space at the end of the name. You can't tell it's there. And they won't be able to load it. Right? Mm-hmm. Some people may want that space intentionally. I know it's crazy, but some people do it for a reason. So that's the, that's the way we work today. And it's Not totally intuitive. I caught myself forgetting the step more than once. And that's, you know, unfortunately, that's why we don't have to have the wizard. You know, as I said yesterday, what you're seeing here is really expert mode. All the options are there. You don't have the simple mode with the wizard and the handles. All the corner cases that we support are actually supported in use of that API. So it's great for consulting to implement if they have all the tools, but not for a typical end user that isn't going to use them all. You know, Microsoft Excel Microsoft Word is the same way, right? There's millions of options in there. You just have to dig
0: through them. So that's how, that's uh, something we need to evolve. Um fact, this is where we can go in our fact table system. Okay. We can go create a new fact table system, system here. Rule scheduler, this is where we can go either run a rule or see rules that have been run. Rules
1: now kind of list some of the saveable metadata database rules. That's our rules. So we have copy data, store procedure, summation, rules. Others will be added to the upper time and expand The, the tiles up here, to better categories like that. We talked about global value sets yesterday. So unlike all the other dimensions, global value sets has its own little screen to create them. I would imagine some of these will come out more in the future. I know they really want an entity management screen specifically for tax accounting. And even though everything you can be for entities done inside the dimension creation screen. Adding a few members there, they really want to highlight things that are critical to their process to be able to put them out that make sense across all dimensions. It takes a lot of transparency so I, at some point they'll break that up. It's just a matter of time. Uh, so that'll be very similar to this. Loading default. So we talked about as you go from that interface to stage to base process to default value. This is where you go set that up. Okay. We'll get to that. And then last, the tag. So Putting an identifier on various rules. The rules that support tags at the moment are the rules appear under here, which are the same If it's not under here, it probably doesn't tax tax, so support tags so, yet. No higher frequency tags, support tags.
0: Something interesting that I've seen people will be surprised by. Tags are going to global well, value sets are They have their own menu items.
1: You go over to the dimension screen, they're there too, but they're read-only there. You have to go to the other screen to actually update, create, add, stuff. The reason for that there dimensions. We want to be able to see the list of values, but when you need to add them and create them, there's other rules involved that you're hoping to make sure that they're they're dealt with properly, that's why they have their individual screens. So some people will see them in dimension management, think, why doesn't this work? And lot a buzz or make a phone call. And it's like, no, that's you only. They have their dedicated screens. You need to go to their dedicated
0: screens to do your activities. We may have pulled it out. I know that one is value-setting.
1: From time to time, there are needs, so we have to put them in there as we well. and, and when we do entity, it'll probably be at both places, too. And maybe after you get your copy we should talk, talk about the special. The so one that's be attached Yeah, so, so for global values that are go down in the members area. So normally there would be an
0: add button here but we could get different dimensions. Of hope. The hierarchy out of that, really bad choice
1: on my part. I So I can add a name a dimension member, but if I'm picking something that we do elsewhere, hierarchy. <laughs> that, no. again, it's part of those patterns so that we treat things similarly so it's used to add, identify new things, just be aware of that. So, we said hierarchies are rules, and they just up as dimensions. Will they up to dimension. What do you catch that? Well, something you said yesterday is we use dimensions mm-hmm. for drop counts everywhere. So we've actually, I'll tell you, under the hood, we've created a view on the hierarchy rules to make them conform to the dimension pattern. So we can reuse the same code for drop I Want to show a list of hierarchies for someone to pick from. It's a way of, of utilizing our patterns for efficiency under the hood. So it shows you can see all the hierarchies. As a, as a dimension list, or you can go to the hierarchy and see the list of hierarchies. You have to go to the hierarchy screen to see the structures. Here is the hierarchy dimension here is just the list of values. So, you can easily populate the down. There's stuff like that all over the place. We don't hide them. It's not internal, because they're actually customer-facing, so they'll show up in the down. So some of it is counterintuitive, but that's why you'll see some stuff here. Well, you know, we've taken away the add so that we won't break the right you try to add, and with the normal structure, it's a view, and you can't update it, it would blow up. So we've taken care of that. So you'll see that's why we have such a long list of things. It just, it just
0: goes and goes and goes for that reason, because we reuse it all over. What do you want, five, ten minutes? Six,
1: five, six. Okay, so ten it is. <laughs> ten
0: minutes on the phone. Thank you. Oh yeah, um. I thought everyone do this, I did but I
1: did make a big deal <laughs> <laughs> yeah, about
0: it. Yes, yeah, actually, that's
1: it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I guess we'll be live, so. Oh, yeah, I can even that. to I
0: thought that i not not
1: to send it to tell everyone
0: that to What's your Thank I'm not yeah. <coughs> the I'm not pretty. i i not Los Angeles.
1: Are you near I mean do you get together? No. He's I'm at the northern edge of Los Angeles and he's South Orange County. Okay. Yeah. Kind of just north of Camp Doubleston. Okay. So um in normal LA, LA traffic is two to three hours between us. I got it. So I do visit them with my brothers like twenty minutes from where where Kevin lives. So when I visit my brother I usually go visit Kevin. but most of the time we
0: catch up in Berlin or <laughs> wherever we're traveling. But it's funny because I've worked on and off with them, you know, literally since ninety four.
1: So on a similar on a similar architecture. So, but that at Vertex. Not at Because you have been at that Yeah, uh, But uh, now we both worked for a small um, startup company you know, called Treasury Services, and Monica. <laughs> they created uh, corporate performance management software. Um, they, it used to be it was, it was a bunch of bankers wanted to create software to help their consulting business. Oh, so, interesting. Right. So a lot of people do that. And we owned the market worldwide. And then the owners decided to cash out an Oracle acquirement. And I worked as a, I ran the development division at Oracle. I was, we were actually their, the first acquisition Oracle made when they started this acquiring everyone, which they still so are. Um Kevin moved on. I got ripped when they thought they had bought a company that was going to replace our product but um, they work out their are still And then someone I worked with at Oracle was at Vertex said, Hey, Vertex is perfect for this. And then a year and a half courting process started. I've been here ever since. And then I brought Kevin in after I was here for about a year to help out. So you that really much. the first couple of years it was like the really week. Now I try to do it like when needed, in two weeks of order. Okay. Well, You've got you to show yourself, otherwise they forget about you. Yeah, I'll clear two weeks later. Okay. So, I don't know what my next year is, but that's a really work.
0: Have you Yes. Okay, okay. This is my 6 or 7, 5. They're, they're always more restrictive to letting uh, people come here. What is it?
1: I'm
0: I'm
1: to Okay. You
0: got, uh, oh, And for the folks on the line, times 10-20 we're just waiting for seven. All right, at this time, I wanted to turn that on all the free devices. One more, everybody. Yeah, keep me on too. If the screen isn't refreshing up here, you're going to be
1: talking about something that doesn't think it's that's all ready. Okay,
0: we're recording on all devices, and we will continue.
1: All right, so we kind of just did a quick overview of all the different uh, features in the system tab. Um, we'll, we'll go into a little more depth on each of them. So when we walk into security, the very first one is settings. These are kind of overall settings that kind of just set the strength of the password. Okay? How many how many days is it good for? How long does it need to be? Does it change? Can you reuse it? You can see
0: numerics, yada, yada, yada. Okay? not too exciting, but you can see the different values here. So when,
1: when, when the user's password is expired and they can't log in or they start to log to uh, you've gone around and around on what the message should be. Okay, messages pop up in the lower left-hand column lower left-hand corner of the window, and they just pile up. You can delete them, and you can see the list. It's actually not that. There's warnings, and there's red germans. Um We have standardized on, especially around passwords, we don't tell them what's wrong. Is that would allow someone to figure out how to tax sugar, right? So we have a very generic method around passwords. We've gotten feedback. That's not very informative. Then I don't know who to talk to. Um, we're going to stay with what we have so that people trying to hack the system don't get any more information because we still need to pass our security audits. Security audits that we have to conform to are getting incredibly great. I'll tell you up front, the um, lot of those CRs, they're just going to get close <laughs> to We've had quite a few in the last six months. Um, I think we've pretty much standardized on what that message is going to um, you know, The little message window is very good. Clear all works. The Xs will, will delete each line. Um, some things are just informative. The order is
0: important. Um, it's very easy to not see if they pop up and you keep on working. Uh, the minister has basically.
1: Yeah. Well, it depends on the settings, right? All those are there. And this is without single sign-on. So of course, in a single sign-on, it's their rules, not ours. Right? Because the authentication
0: is from the, the single sign-on or the security provider. Um, the interesting thing is on install, people may may not see these.
1: You'll notice um, password expires in 30 days by default.
0: Um, that's fun. You'll get a phone call 30 days. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, on some of these screens, you need to be careful. you need to hit save
1: or you need to click on another line make sure the screen refreshes and hit save because um, you will see this uh, in the hands-on training when you do the loading it's easy for the system not to recognize or uh, save a change you made. there's there's one step where you're going to make multiple changes to a role and even though you've typed in the third one, until you click someplace else and hit save, when you typed in, it doesn't get saved. So there's little things like that with interfaces all around how Flex works. There's not any options while we're still on Flex. It's the way the system works. You just need to get used to it. And, and a lot of that is improved. But uh, there's still some places where that doesn't, it doesn't tap to the next Oh. Uh, they've got a whole list, actually, of user enhancements to the interface. that They've gone to Exchange the last couple years ago. They had users sit down and come up with one the provider they, they kind of just schedule it out of that, So they continue to see this improve. And then it will completely change, because we're going to move to away from different technologies, so um, both the technology the structures that do, take the Comfortable with it, you don't have to know it's cold. Everything should still work very similarly. Some of the things we so, <coughs> as we move to interface technology, you are going to take advantage of it. One, one additional thing. Since we showed the, the error in the morning clock, lower left hand corner. If you're in a situation where there's a great distance between you and the server, there is natural internet lag, like seven and nine California and the servers at Portland or in Sarasota, you can click on the screen faster than you can deal with. So be very Uh, regularly, see weird messages show up in the bottom corner on saves and other things. And if you close the window go in and click it slower, everything works. So there's time. You can basically confuse the system. The good part is, if it's saved and you got this message, you can delete what you've saved. Of course, it hasn't run. It's just the system, you can re-update it, you can do it a little slower and say I've never corrupted the system because of it, but I've also learned to do the process again slower and try to reproduce the error before I walk above. It's not really above, it's just the issue of the slow communication back and forth. So um, I'll share that with you because Clients can have, you know, remote people. The server, the server may be in the U.S. The person may be in China or Australia. There's going to be some communication challenges, speed, and language. So that's just the way it works today. Hopefully, as we upgrade for technology from um, like 5G, 5 that technology should handle that situation much better, especially if it's the Internet of Things. It's just the latest, greatest technology, and everybody has these issues. It's hosted around the world, right? You never know what website you're your where it really hosted is uh, when you access it. So they've upgraded that technology to handle these challenges. Better. So it's sort of a hopefully just a flex
0: sort of Something to be aware of. You're <laughs> hurry <laughs>
1: Um, so, went the security user screen pops up, again, typical search dialog. Do a blind search to bring back one of the systems. Go to add a user. going to ask you
0: for a username and a login name. You uh, need a description. Uh, email is optional, not needed. Your basket twice. It's a standard normal change of my blog with never expires.
1: Okay. I do. you have a private tag that you need? <laughs> and which thing? These okay, so are the key to gold.
0: What do you have to to unlock me? You do the uh, hourglass for the firefight uh, glass I'm